0: Your performance evolution is a journey, and it is one that takes patience and time. You will hear statements like this with great frequency from coaches and experts preaching that patience and the requirement for long-term development is essential to yield your greatest success. In fact, let's just consider some of a handful of the Purple Patch Pros and their development to a world-class career. Meredith Kessler from full time at Royal Bank of Canada to multiple Ironman and Ironman 70.3 championships. Jesse Thomas from amateur to seven time Wildflower champion and a seven hour and 45 minute Ironman distance athlete. Sarah Piempiano Wall Street to two time top 10 at the World Championships and multiple Ironman wins. Laura Siddle. From amateur to multiple Ironman wins and a rich history of success at the elite level. And Tim Reed from regional pro to world champion and we're becoming one of the most fearsome races in the world. The list goes on. But we're not here today to talk about the pros. Because athlete development isn't just about world-class performance, and it also isn't just about the beginning of a journey all the way up to great personal achievement. Today, we peel back the curtain a little bit on our coaching and discuss the development of athletes with real-life case studies, helping everyday people to achieve or reinvent the approach to raise performance over the adversity of aspects such as age and other life factors. Development from good to great, from hope to achievement, the courage to evolve an approach that is seen not to be working or might have previously worked, but isn't the solution now. And of course, all of the passion and determination to go on a patient journey with relentless curiosity to grow. I think you're gonna glean plenty of this. Two case studies of personal excellence from folks, well, how do I say this? Just like you. But, Before we do our weekly dance, we get to sit down for a little bit of dinner. Before we do so, a little squaddy update. Let me peel back the curtain for this week's little squaddy update. For a reminder, I wanna talk today about who is a squaddy? What's a squaddy, a purple patch squaddy? Well, this is our term for anyone, any athlete, who is a part of purple patch. Our pros, Athletes coached directly by myself, one-to-one athletes that are coached with an individual relationship with one of the great Purple Patch coaching team. And of course, those athletes that are a part of the Purple Patch Squad program. And the reason that we cast a broad umbrella over all of our athletes is very simple. And that's that at the heart of it, no matter what program these athletes are on, every single one of them is after the same thing, improvement. But we add to this that every single one of these athletes is also chasing self-improvements by buying into a collective mindset and methodology, a belief, and a belief that is proven, I might add, that when an athlete, no matter level, no matter program, when an athlete has a smart and appropriate endurance training program. With integrated strength, yes, as you'll find out, endurance athletes should do strength, but with integrated strength, anchored with a backbone of very simple and yet critical nutrition habits, all supported with appropriate recovery, including sleep, they accelerate every single time they improve. And that's why we focus so much on our four pillars, endurance, strength, nutrition and recovery, because that no matter who the athlete is, is the baking component of the performance recipe. And so I would argue that you shouldn't be a Purple Patch athlete if you don't buy in and you don't fully embrace, because this is the passage. For us at Purple Patch, we don't differentiate by program. We don't think about value of athlete by program. The simple quest is to aim to match the right program for athlete needs, including when possible, and this is really nice, a graduate down policy. Because we realize that as education is such a critical part of our programming, many athletes want or need, at least to begin, some really individual attention so that they can become empowered and own their sporting journey. But then... As they continue, they can often graduate down through the programs and have an alternate approach. And this way, we all win. And so this week for the squaddy update, it's a shout out to the Purple Patch Athletes, our squaddies, a group who believes in the approach and integrates the lessons and habits into life and performance. Whether the quest is world-class performance or thriving health and energy to enable you to excel in life and be the best version of yourself. Because ultimately, look folks, when we're all on the pool deck and we're all stripped down to our speedos, we're all the same. So therefore, everyone gets treated the same, no matter what the program, no matter who you are in your big, big life. And so, Purple Patch Squadies, that sounds really appropriate for the phase of our Squatty Update. If you do want to get involved, one-to-one coaching, Purple Patch Squad, now, 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 now is the time. Please reach out. Info at purplepatchfitness.com, or of course head to the website and you can check out all of our wonderful pages of information, purplepatchfitness.com. We will be happy to help. But now, with the end of that, well, let's keep it simple. Let's dance. Hit it, Barry. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dixonary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week, and this week it is strength. Why strength? Well, let's begin with a simple statement. I don't believe that there is an endurance athlete out there who should not be integrating strength and conditioning into their weekly training. Did you catch that? Not an endurance athlete out there. That means that all endurance athletes should be integrating strength. And it's also why every single Purple Patch program has fully integrated video-enabled strength embedded right into the athlete programs it's because we believe in it it ain't cute it's essential if you're a pro or an athlete that's serious and looking to qualify to Kona, well, guess what? It's a performance enhancer and it's a catalyst to resistance fatigue. A mature athlete or maybe a female athlete who's pre- or post well, this is essential for mobility, strength, bone density, muscle tissue strength and elasticity. Or a young athlete, well, it must be critical to be tailored for your supporting muscles, posture, synchronization of movement, and much, much more. We could go through every single type of athlete and make the case, but this isn't Gold's Gym. It isn't about taking the age-old humdrum of the claim of injury prevention, which is hardly empowering or exciting, let's face facts. When we say strength, what we mean is, yes, improving your strength, but also your mobility, synchronization, resistance fatigue, power, a catalyst for you to improve your technical development across sports and much, much more. And so we also mean that the strength that you do, much like your training in endurance, cannot be random because random produces random results. It must be integrated, structured, and progressive. It must sync and mesh with your progression of the season. And so what you do in post-season looks very different than the middle of race season. It has a different role, but it's all linked together for your own personal success. And so strength training, just like global endurance training, is a journey. And so don't just add it. You must integrate it. It becomes a part of your recipe. It is an essential piece of the puzzle that cannot be viewed as some add-on. It is a piece of your overall recipe to success. And so when you look at the mirror, and I know that you spend time looking at the mirror, don't look bashful, it's okay. But when you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, is strength for me? I promise you, it is. We are designed to move heavy things. And that is why the word of the week This week is strength. Now, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Yes, this week, the meat and potatoes is all about athlete development. And we have four case studies, but that's a lot of case studies to get through. And so I'm going to break it up into two parts. This week, we're going to do the first two case studies, the J's, Jennifer and Joe. And in a couple of weeks time, we're going to come back to athlete development. We're going to revisit this subject and we're going to talk about two very different athletes that have gone on a long-term journey to success. So today... You've got to listen to me talk about two athletes. Let's peel back the curtain and explain some of the longitudinal approaches to success, as well as the interventions that facilitated ongoing development. Do you remember that saying that I always go on about, evolve or die? Well, please remember that when we go through these two case studies. Let's begin with Jennifer. Jennifer. Now, I'm going to keep with Jennifer and our next case study, Joe, a similar format, and that's just simply to keep my crazed mind on track throughout our stories. But we begin in Chicago with Jennifer's profile. And so Jennifer, yes, based in Chicago, and she is what I would label a seasoned athlete. Jennifer is a runner and she does marathons and half marathons as a history, but beyond being a frequent Boston qualifier and absolutely loves the sport of running, she also had a rich history of running from a youth age. In high school, she did track and field and cross country, and then she went on to run for a couple of years in Division Three. And so, look, she was, by definition, a good athlete running and competing at a good level. Her college career, well, it was held up with injury. And so she took a break, but she returned to the sport in her late twenties. Since that time, she has labeled herself poetically, one might add, as a runner. And a couple of years ago, she joined Purple Patch at 46 years of age. That is a lot of years running on those joints. Now, it sounds at this point that this is less about athlete development. Jennifer's been at it for 30-odd years. Am I gonna go back over 30 years and talk about the journey that she's taken? No, but the question in case study number one is how do we keep developing Jennifer as she matures and battles the corrosive effect of sport on her system and joints? And so let's dig a little deeper on her profile. The last three to four years were made up of frustration injuries, a clear drop-off in speed, and the only spark is, of course, that she still has her endurance and what we might call staying power. Consistency has been minimal, up for blocks of work, down through the frustration of fatigue and injury, and the physical has been paralleled with the emotion. Her joy has been saddled like an up and down of greatness, and despair. Many of Jennifer's favourite sessions that she has always loved have now become dreaded, hill repetitions, speed sessions. Now it's a struggle, and her splits have slowed, and her power has dropped. Now, to her credit at this point when she came to Purple Patch, Jennifer was clearly not done. She wasn't willing to fold the deck and succumb to decline. She was open. Finally, one might say, to what we might label an evolved approach. And so in her development, what was really clear is that what has worked prior simply wasn't working anymore. And that's important for so many athletes. What was working prior might not be the right thing now. Remember what I said? Evolve or die. And so let's talk about the diagnosis when we investigated her situation and her profile. And we talked to Jennifer, what observations did we get? Well, here are a few. Number one, the first thing that I noticed is that Jennifer was highly, how do I say this? Specialized. She ran a lot and did nothing else. Run, run, run. Now, Of course, if the only mode of training is running, it means by definition that any injury is completely derailing. It is practically in or out, hero or zero. And you can imagine that if you do string apart multiple bouts of injury, it's only gonna compound the frustration and annoyance of the journey. I also saw that the load and the intervals that created the runner that she was 10, 15, 20 years ago were now the things, the very things that played havoc with her consistency. And so it was very clear to me that her prior approach while yielding success had reached the end of the road. In addition to this, I also noticed that at 46, she still executed absolutely no strength work, none. Her thought? he work is strength work for me. I run up hills, that's great. And besides, I stretch before and after workouts. And to be honest, I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to carry extra weight running. So I'm worried if I go and do strength work, I might add muscle mass. Well, here's a tip, folks, before we go on. For you 40-somethings, let me let you into a little secret. You're not going to bulk up. It isn't going to happen. You're not going to turn into a bodybuilder due to strength. Now, in addition to her profile, one more thing that I think that we should mention. I felt in conversation and reviewing her habits that Jennifer was also underfueling and under-eating. Now, this was less anchored in the emotional side and really simply on the practical side. And it was more of a contributor rather than a cause of her injury sequences in addition to all of this at 46 the final note with jennifer is that she was just starting to show signs of creeping shifts hormonally yep that dreaded word menopause her body was clearly changing now one thing was clear if Jennifer carried on with the pure old school running mindset, I simply couldn't see a path to any form of success. I just saw an avenue of frustration. And so I felt that Jennifer needed to develop a mindset and approach to enable her to navigate through both menopause and a shifting body, but also becoming a true, how should I say this, great masters athlete. And so how do we develop athlete development, remember, how do we develop this athlete when there's so much history? So let's get to the intervention. It was really clear that Jennifer needed a radical shift in approach, but at the same time, we didn't wanna lose all of the positives that were there. So what do I mean when I say without losing the positives? Well, let me give you an analogy. You see, there's a really interesting divergence of mindset when it comes to the way that we approach medicine in the West compared to various medical approaches in the East. Now, I'm not bringing this up to dissuade you from the many great things that actually occur in Western medicine. All I'm talking about and referring in this case is a mindset. You see, when you head to the doctor in the West, We tend to outline all of the things that are wrong. You've got high cholesterol, you're pre-diabetic, your BMI is XYZ, you get it. We focus on the things that are wrong, that are causing us harm. But an alternate mindset is instead to begin with all that is positive. In these areas, A, B, and C, you're great, you're healthy. That's what a Hindu doctor does. But you do have areas to improve, and we must work on this over here, cholesterol, BMI, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I say this because this highlights a really important coaching point. In Jennifer's case, I couldn't just dive in to a seasoned runner who's done a lot of good things right and who's absolutely loved the sport for 30 years, and come in, Mr Matt Dixon, and just point out all of the weaknesses and issues, that's hardly going to begin the journey on a positive footing. It also wouldn't inspire Jennifer to change. Instead, it would probably cause just a little bit of despair and maybe a little bit of shame. And so instead, the first thing that we wanted to do is circle the wagons around everything that was good. Jennifer, a wonderful commitment and great passion. You're also eager to evolve. And she finds herself now at 46 years of age in a wonderfully exciting moment. I would label it a refounding moment. It's one that has opportunity and can be a refreshing lens because she also realizes that over the last 30 years, performance isn't linear. She knows that the journey is going to have adversity and it requires problem solving. And she is rich in wisdom of racing. Toughness is not in question. Race craft is not in question. And so she gets it in many ways. But now, rather than identifying all the things she's doing wrong, let's step forward with excitement and use this refounding moment to say, how do we evolve and develop into the new and evolved great masters athlete? Well, the answer to that and if we need to package up the catalyst for her struggles in performance and as well as remaining really consistent and, hath- and healthy, we can probably attribute a few things in her case. Number one, clear underfueling. Number two, a lack of strength and conditioning. And number three, an accumulation over the years of a run-only approach that's created inevitable wear and tear and performance decline. But in this case, We're not looking for a healthy athlete. We're looking for a healthy athlete who can truly return to speed and performance. Jennifer wants to get faster, not just not slow down. And so here's what we did. The, what should we call it, intervention. Well, the first thing that we did, and this was the immediate thing, was we absolutely shifted the practical habits around eating. And it commenced with the thing that I always start with, post-workout fueling. We made it uncomplicated, but consistent. And we ensured that Jennifer heartily refueled after every single workout, a building block and a habit that is easy to execute. And then we built the evolved approach around two more aspects. Number one, a commitment to strength training and all that comes with that. And secondly, here's the big one, a radical shift in the approach to the running training. We adopted, here's the dirty word, a multi-sport approach to run training. And so fueling strength and an adoption of multi-sport or training. Goodness me, was Jennifer going to have to be brave? So what did this look like? Well, We won't go on about the fueling habits, but know that every single workout required fueling following the workout. But let's focus instead on strength training and the multi-sport approach. So with strength, we adhered to season-long or year-round strength training. And she began with a trainer once a week, and then another session that was executed solo by herself at the gym. She evolved to a couple of sessions a week, each lasting about 45 minutes. And we put up there as absolute priorities in the overall fabric of the training program. And she executed those at solo. We also then had really short 15 minute sessions of core and mobility work. And we did that probably about two to three times weekly. The strength, and here's the key, the strength had to correspond with the progression of the meat and potatoes of a program, which was the endurance training. And so post-season for Jennifer was all about movement patterns and making sure that she could execute the sessions correctly. We then transitioned into heavier strength work. And when we went into the build phase, that was where we increase load and then finally transition to more explosive components of movement. And then, of course, when the marathon and running build really started in race-specific training, it was a radical shift in the position of strength and conditioning. It became more therapeutic in nature. So the strength training was designed to maintain the strength gains, but not try an improvement. Instead, we were looking to optimize the key endurance training. And so, the more therapeutic joint mobility tissue health lens of under the Brigham strength became the component. And what about her running training? Well, we broadened the definition of what that is. We treated the running training as multi-sport, not triathlon, but multiple sports. Practically, what that meant is that Jennifer transitioned from 6 to 10 runs in any given week to only ever running 3 to 5 times in that week oh no detraining right no because she expanded her repertoire she embraced the bike particularly bike on the trainer we put it on the trainer and had a heavy emphasis of strong low cadence work We even had Jennifer utilize the rowing erg and we did some power intervals and strength-based intervals on there. And then we utilize very low stress elliptical row or bike for general conditioning. In other words, a whole bunch of the supporting resilience and cardiovascular conditioning was delivered for Jennifer through alternative and what I would argue safer routes. Now, I couldn't get Jennifer in the pool unless by force and I wasn't gonna go there for my own safety. And so it was built around biking, rowing, elliptical even a little bit, and then of course the key, running. So now we have the runs we ended up anchoring two key days of running each week. And both of these were really challenging and tough. And over the fabric of the build phases, we did a lot of strength-based hill running, we hit some explosive high-tensile speed work, and we dispersed the endurance runs instead of like one big hit that was really corrosive. We did it over multiple sessions, two to three days where we accumulated running, That included some AM and PM runs followed by the next morning, another long run. So we really tried to pull away from a single long run. And if we did do any extended running, we always ensured it was executed on a soft surface and typically with walk breaks integrated. Now remember, this all sounds lovely, but change is hard. And this process was hard for Jennifer. And the reason for that is you're learning something new, but also we're stripping away all of her validation metrics, such as the miles or hours of running per week. And that's because a high percentage of her running training wasn't actually running. She had to learn and adopt new activities, new habits and new approaches. And so here's a coaching cue for you. The critical component here was to set the vision and strategy. It was critical that Jennifer stay out of the weeds and commit to the long-term. And so we set an agreement. I need you, Jennifer, to execute without question or fear for two months. Don't judge, just embrace it and be all in. And after two months, we can come up for some perspective. We can review and we can ask the question, is this process working? And so over the course of the first two months, a few things bubbled up. Firstly, the absence of injury. Secondly, we started to gain predictable performance in our key sessions. And remember, those key sessions were always running because that's her DNA and her focus. But those became predictable. And seven weeks in, We went and raced a 10K, I snuck it in there, and guess what? Yep, it was the fastest in a decade. But, 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 she says, I'm only running four times weekly. Yes, Jennifer, but your program is about more than running to help your running. You have evolved. So to develop, for Jennifer, it took an evolved approach not just for Jennifer's performance, but to set the stage for shifts in her body via menopause and aging. Because what we really created here was new passion, new challenge, and setting her up for running as a lifestyle without an end date. Oh, and yes, she did go back, and she did race a marathon, and she enjoyed it, and she smiled. And yes, she thrived, well, She kind of hit it out of the park, to be honest, and it evolved another marathon, and that was a return trip to Boston. But now, this year, marathons are off the shelf, at least for a little while, because Jennifer's thinking about a bike trip and a trail running race, and even just maybe, maybe a triathlon. I've just got to persuade her to get to the pool. The lesson here is that your journey is not over when you start to feel decline and frustration. You just might need to shift the approach to enable you to continue to develop and continue onto the path of success. And it might mean a radical rethink, and it might mean a shift of being grounded on, this has always worked for me. Because guess what, it might've done, it might just not be the right thing for you now. So Jennifer, well done excellence. Case study number one, and that enables us to carry on to a big hairy monster. Case study number two, Joe. Let's talk about Joe. Good mate of mine, I've been coaching Joe for a long time, now a part of the Purple Patch Squad. Remember what we talked about earlier? Graduate down. So Joe, the CEO executive, but Joe was a former explosive athlete, or okay, I'll let you in. NFL, he used to play for the Seahawks. But when I met Joe incoming, he had already interviewed several coaches and the prevailing attitude was across the board. Look, Joe, you're coming up mid to late 40s. It's time to not chase going faster. Instead, what we want to do now is to try not to slow down. Well, Joe had been in endurance sports for just a couple of years. And prior to that, he was a born athlete, but he was a team athlete. And so for good or for bad, I happened to be the last coach that he spoke to. And so when he positioned his goals, he positioned them, I think, in line with the feedback that he heard from the coaches prior. Look, Matt, I'm not looking to slow down. What? You've been in the sport for two years and you're already in defense mode? nonsense brother you haven't even started yet but i'm late 40s yes but you're young in the sport joe and you have the assets physically and so stop putting up walls it's time to lay down roadmaps and we got cracking here is an explosive athlete that's young in the sport and how do we developing to speed as he starts to venture into his 50s Well, let's talk about the diagnosis. We decided to get cracking with each other and it was very clear. And let me put it one way to begin. You can imagine, strength was not a limiter. In fact, when I sent him through some testing and watched him, it was pretty clear. His core stability and strength was as though he'd spent the last 20 years of his life lying on a nail board with a troop of Cossack dancers perform their dress rehearsals on his stomach. Joe was powerful but he was also as supple as a ball of tightly bound rubber bands stiff tight with highly limited mobility in shoulders ankles and set hips mr mobile he wasn't that means that he had pretty limited swim ability he had a tough time retaining position on the bicycle and everything was held tight on the run. It was all about strong like bull running through walls. He had physical strength and a strong chassis, but he was underdeveloped in muscular resilience and cardiovascular conditioning. So globally, he was fit, strong, pretty low injury risk, but certainly underdeveloped as an endurance athlete. And so we needed to get Joe to develop from sportsman to endurance athlete. So what could the intervention be? Now, you might be listening and thinking, hmm, send him on a journey, long, slow distance all the way, make him a better butter burner. But this wasn't the approach. And it wasn't the approach for a couple of reasons. The first is that Joe's a CEO. And so he doesn't have time on his side. He can't go out for four, five, six-hour bike rides, enjoying the countryside, gradually building up the aerobic engine. But also, I felt like he needed to maintain his assets. We weren't trying to convert him into something he truly isn't. He is explosive and powerful. And so we must lean into those assets while building up the endurance over multiple years. We don't try and put an insular, little programmatic engineer as a lead in your sales team. They're likely not going to succeed. And so I couldn't just shift everything about Joe and decide to send him onto these long journeys. Firstly, it probably wouldn't have been as successful as you might imagine. Secondly, he was going to hate it and that means that he would leave the sport. And so instead, we decided a slightly more refined approach. The first is anchored in strength. Yes, Joe still had to do strength. Remember the Cossack dancers? Well, it doesn't mean that he got to avoid strength, but instead we wanted to maintain explosivity and try and ensure that he had great synchronization for technical improvement across endurance sports. But the real focus was mobility around the joints. So Joe not only embraced real body work, orthopedic massage, but we had a lot of strength and conditioning that was anchored more around health and mobility. We then led a multi-year approach to his endurance conditioning, not trying to add massive low stress hours, but instead going like this. In year one, we wanted to introduce specificity to the hours he was already doing we didn't add any hours. Take what you're doing and just enhance specificity. In year two, as capacity allowed, we added some supporting hours, but those supporting hours tended to be in the safer endeavors, swimming and cycling, because we wanted to develop resilience. And then in year three, he was finally equipped to add load and target real Ironman performance on this now Really patiently developed new engine. Now, many, many people, many people go too fast and too quick and just try and assault. Here's my next race. But Joe had one asset. He understood the development of the journey and he was incredibly patient and willing to layer it over multiple years. And so, what I said to Joe is you simply cannot add training hours until you can consistently nail the ones that you're doing without deep fatigue and certainly without injury. We also added in the overall fabric of the week more easy work. Joe was explosive, tough, strong. So therefore, his recovery actually took longer. And so in any given week of training, he only had two And at the very most, three hard days of training, what you would call highly polarized. He was either on or really off with much lower stress work. In addition to all of this, I felt that it was important to bring forth Joe's assets. Remember when we talked about Jennifer and I said, let's anchor around the good. I wanted to do this with Joe as well. And so we looked to integrate training into his life schedule, but bring forth his assets. He couldn't build those long, long hours as life didn't allow, he wouldn't enjoy it. And so we had to optimize with the lower hours of training that we had. So in the swimming, That meant a whole bunch of very short interval-based swimming, a lot of 25s and a lot of 50s. And those little frequent breaks enabled him to emotionally and practically reset and retain form and technique all the way through. No bad swim stroke. Part two then was lots of strong, low cadence work on the bike. Strong like bull was a mantra. And it fed his natural instincts while, of course, developing resilience much bigger than in riding. But also when it extended into running, the low cadence work on the bike helped him become a better runner. And then in running, we didn't send him on long, slow journeys. That was just going to be limiting and it was going to be in- ridden with injury risk and so we did a lot of short runs and a lot of runs that had strength based elements very limited on the long and corrosive endurance running that we knew that his frame would probably end up being prone to injury and so what was the outcome for joe well he went faster in year 1 and then he went faster in year 2 and finally He went longer and faster in year three and that became an Ironman. And that Ironman ended up in qualification for Hawaii in year four. So in the next five years, he got faster each year. And and this still amazes me, I've got to be honest, he was never injured. He thrived in work and he loved life. What were they saying? Just don't slow down. <laughs> How defeatist can you be when opportunity strikes? They say it's just, age is just a number, and that's cute and all. But when you've got a great athlete who is young in this sporting endeavor, there is always great room to grow. And so the key lessons from Joe is, number one, don't try and turn a bull into a gazelle. Number two. You've got to be really patient in the journey. It's layered over multiple years. And number three, leaning to the strengths and the pieces of the puzzle that bring joy because while it takes patience, it's got to be fun as well. And so I feel the special aspect of this intervention was actually not really doing anything special. We radically simplified the approach and made it clear for him. This day, is a day to go really strong. And I tell you, strong he could go. The man can suffer. And then this day is a day not to go strong. And in this area, Joe had to learn to embrace recovery, which takes for all a massive amount of courage. Remember, it takes courage to recover. It's one of the dictionary sayings. And so follow this. Don't get greedy. Don't overcomplicate, master the repeatable and key focus points of the program, ignore the fluff. It just causes distraction and confusion. And so with all of that, where is he now? Well, six years on, he's still loving the sport. But more than this, he's kind of a fan and a supporter. And some would say a Sherpa, because after all, now his wife, Katie, And she's the really gifted athlete, by the way. She's busy prepping for the Hawaii Ironman in 2020. Quite a family affair, you might say. And so for Joe, development was transitioning from the high speed and the cutthroat sport of NFL to lifestyle and longitudinal lens of endurance performance. And he excelled. Just don't get in his way in the swimming pool. So folks, two examples of development this week, mapping a journey to performance. We're gonna have two more or part two of this show in the couple of weeks, but I hope today you could draw some important lessons from the Jays, Jennifer and Joe, real life Purple Patch athletes. Now, remember, as you listen to these, or if you listen to any of the other shows on the Purple Patch Podcast, you can always reach out. We'd love to hear from you and we do all we can to answer your questions and even highlight some of the questions on the shows. Just get asking. Look out for part two of Athlete Development in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, a quick message for you. Yes, you, you over there on the fence. What are you waiting for? What's to lose? Why do you embrace the lessons and not commit? Don't hide from coaching or support. Don't you remember? Didn't you listen to the show about 2020? You've got an open invitation from me to dance. We're here for you. Come on. I've had enough. Purple Patch Squad, Purple Patch One-to-One Coaching. Feel free to reach out and get involved. Purplepatchfitness.com or info at purplepatchfitness.com. Come on. I'm not waiting around forever. Stop being intimidated or think it isn't for you. We are all embracing. Remember the common thread, everyone's just looking to improve. Get involved and take action now. And I am going to come back and check in with you next week. So please do take this personally. I'm talking to you. See you next time. Goodbye. And remember, I'm coming back to check in. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, would really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time staff people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. Cheers.